Welcome to the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum podcast. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from ToLoveHonorAndVacuum.com, where we like to talk about sex, marriage, and everything in between. And What is in between? I don't know, but okay. we're going to talk about it today. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and this month on the blog at ToLoveHonorAndVacuum.com, we are all libido all the time. So we're talking a ton about libido, which is actually a really... Touchy subject. Yes. And so my daughter, Rebecca, is here for the weirdest, most awkward podcast there can ever be between a mother and daughter as we tackle libido issues. Oh, I think we've done worse. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I think this has been worse. And you have no idea how hot flashy I am right now with the lights on me in my closet beside my big bathrobe. So here we go. Libido's really hard to talk about because yep. there are so many different issues and I have tried so hard to give advice for different scenarios this month and in the posts that are coming up this month. And it's just really awkward because whenever you talk about stuff, people see it through their own lens. Yeah. And the thing is that if anyone wants advice on libido differences, no matter what we say, they're going to be mad. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> people either want less sex than their spouse and they're mad that their spouse wants sex or they mm -hmm. want more sex than their spouse and they're mad their spouse doesn't want sex. And unless we say, yeah, you should never have to have sex or yeah, you should be able to just collect your dues whenever you want, people are mad. Right. And we're not going to say either of those things. No, because they're not true. And which is what I was trying to say last week, which is, you know, if I'm arguing against Z, like if there's a spectrum that goes from A to Z, and I'm saying Z is not true, people think I'm saying A is true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you're saying not Z, you might just be saying M or even T. Exactly. <laughs> it's just not Z. And if you're saying not A, it doesn't mean you're saying Z. Yeah. You might be saying E or F. Exactly. So it's like these things are all in a spectrum. And speaking of spectrums, we have some great reader questions that I think are going to illustrate how all of this stuff plays out in different ways. We don't even understand what the words high libido and low libido mean. No. Because there's a big difference between having the higher libido and having a high libido. Mm -hmm. Someone can have the higher libido in their marriage and they want sex once or twice a month, but their spouse only wants it once every six months. Yes, and a higher libido just simply means that you have a higher libido from your spouse. And so that's just situational. Exactly. Having a high libido, well, that's really why I wrote the post on Monday, which we will put a link to in the podcast description, which is what is a healthy frequency of sex in marriage? And and let me say that I have been writing about sex for 12 years and I've never actually addressed that uh -huh. because I hate talking about what's normal. Yeah, because we don't want to give people prescription. We don't yeah. want to tell people, oh, like you should be having sex X times a week because that just leads to obligation and duty sex and feelings of guilt. Like, oh, I'm not doing it enough or feelings of frustration if yeah. your spouse isn't giving you enough and it, it loses the nuance. Like, okay, say we want to aim for having sex as a couple three times a week. Okay. But then like your mother-in-law visits. Mm -hmm. Do you still have sex three times that week? Right? Like it's like yeah. then that if you don't, then what is your spouse going to be mad at you? So yeah. focusing on frequency is not always helpful. Right. And so I died for 12 years. I didn't write about it. But then I realized when we're talking about libido, I have to write about it because we do have to talk about what's actually healthy because yes. a lot of our questions are getting into the unhealthy range. Yeah. And so like, if you don't believe that I should have sex five times a week, are you saying I should only have sex five times a year? No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course not. Let's <laughs> no. have a little bit of understanding. Yeah, some nuance, nuance here. here. What we did was we, we took a look at our own surveys and I've done two surveys on frequency now. Yeah. I, I did my good girl's guide to great sex survey and we did our survey of 20,000 women for our upcoming book, The Great Sex Rescue. I actually chose the stats from the from the Good Girls Guide for Monday's post because I had it broken down by age and I thought that was more useful. We didn't break it down by age, we broke it down by years married for The Great Sex Rescue. 
because we had already asked like 150 questions and we didn't want to add age because we, like, we were trying to cut questions. Wait, our, our survey was originally like 400 questions. It was crazy. When we put it into our survey, the developer said the average time to complete this survey will be four hours and 13 minutes. <laughs> I go, no. like, oh, dear. So, <laughs> so we cut so many. But what we found or in, in the Good Girls Guide to Great Sex, in that survey, like roughly 43% of marriages had sex less than once a week. And that's roughly. And then I had it broken down by age. And then we looked at other surveys, other peer-reviewed surveys, some huge surveys. And the average amount of time that a married couple has sex in a year is roughly 51 to 53 times. So around once a week is average. And what studies have shown is that having sex at least once a week is very healthy for you. Yeah. Like this is a very good thing to do. Beyond that, it's still great, but there's a law of diminishing returns. Yeah, like having sex twice or three times a week might be fantastic, but get up to eight times a week and we're just not seeing the benefits Right, and also, like, the jump to the benefit from once a week is much greater than the jump to the benefit for two times a week or three times a week or whatever. And, in fact, when you get into the more times a week, it isn't necessarily related to marital satisfaction. And when they've looked at marital satisfaction, the quality of your interpersonal relationship relationships, the quality of the sex you're having and the frequency of sex. Frequency is the least, the least associated with marital satisfaction. Yes, exactly. It's it, the frequency of sex doesn't really mean that you're in a good marriage unless that sex is good. Yeah. And so we often think, well, if you want a better marriage, just increase the frequency. But that's not what the studies show. The studies show if you want a better marriage, change the way you react to one another, treat each other better and make sure that sex is a good quality. So it's like sometimes we make too big a deal out of frequency. And that's why I wrote Monday's post and all the stats are in there. All the studies are in there. I've got links to them all. You can go take a look. But I I just wanted to say, okay, this is our benchmark. We're not saying this has to be true for everybody. But in general, this is what is healthy. And so we need to keep that in mind yes. when we're looking at frequency and, questions. Yeah, and so so we're we're saying that like according to research between 1 and 3 times a week seems to be ideal for most couples. Right. And and one of the reasons that I wanted to say that from the start is that we get this idea that more sex is always better. Yeah. But just as you can have too little sex <laughs> and you can have like virtually no libido, you also do cross over into sex addiction issues. Yeah, and just because you're married doesn't mean that you can't be lustful or have an unhealthy relationship with sex. Mm -hmm. And if you're still getting sex, which is what I was trying to say in last week's podcast, there was a lot of discussion on that. I will put a link to that podcast as well and to the blog post so you can read all the comments because actually it was was quite a fruitful discussion in the comments. There was a lot of comments, but we actually got a lot of nuance out there. Is that if you're getting sex like at least once to three times a week, okay? And it's not as much as you would like, find a way to be content. Yes, exactly. The sex and talking are not the same thing. Like it's possible to feel close to your spouse even if you're not getting all the sex you want, especially if you still are getting a healthy level. Yeah, if you're getting a healthy level of sex... Mm-hmm. wanting more than what you need may be causing more issues in your marriage than what would be fixed if you simply forced more sex out of your spouse. Right. And we're not saying it's that you can't be disappointed no. that you're not getting more sex. But if you're at the point where I can't feel close to my spouse unless we have sex every day, or I feel grumpy unless we have sex every day. And, and in our survey of 20,000 women, up to 20% of women said that their primary motivation for having sex was so their husband wasn't grumpy and didn't yeah. treat them badly. Okay, so this is a problem. 
So if you're saying I can't be a good person, a nice person, unless I'm getting sex, if you're saying I am so physically uncomfortable, if I do not get sex every day that I can't function, that is an issue. And yeah. that's not an issue with your spouse. No, that that needs some greater counseling or maybe some sort of almost sex therapy. Yeah, and we'll look at um, that in one of our reader questions. Yeah. But but that's, again, one of the nuances that we wanted to show. And, of course, the other nuance is that libido matters. And on, on Tuesday's post this week, I had my word of, of encouragement, not a, not even encouragement, but a little bit of chastisement or, or like, come on, people, like for your low libido spouses, like you got to step up to the plate here. This really does matter. And putting sex at the bottom of your to-do list is just not okay. We understand that sometimes there's bigger marriage issues, but then deal with those marriage issues. Don't just cut off sex. Yes. And sometimes there are going to be situational issues too, Mm -hmm. but let it be a situational issue and talk about it as a couple so that you're on the same page Yes, and have there be an end date. Like if it's because the baby is not sleeping and the baby is four weeks old, say, hi, I have a four week old baby. We're not having sex when I have a four week old baby. Right. Well, also you shouldn't. Also, exactly. But like for multiple reasons, but (sighs) there needs to be a time where you say, this is not forever. And here's why this is not forever and here's our plan. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things we found too, though, is that when we're talking about libido, we talk about it in isolation, like people should just be wanting sex. Yeah. And I got in a really interesting Twitter discussion when some guy said, at what point when your wife hasn't had sex with you, do you take her before the elders? And I kind of went off and I said, you don't. Like yeah. in our survey of 20,000 women, what we found was that when there are sexless marriages, that's not the main issue. There's also several of these other issues going on. Yeah, like sexless marriages do not simply happen because a wife decides, you know what I'd really like is to screw my husband's life up. Sexless marriages happen because on average, women are married to men who habitually use porn. It's because women have been experiencing sexual pain in their marriage for a while. They're not satisfied with the amount of closeness they feel during sex with their husband. There's a myriad of reasons, but one of the really, really big ones, the biggest, (laughs) the biggest one was that they don't orgasm. Yeah. Women who do not orgasm tend to stop having sex. Yes. That just seems to be one of the biggest predictors. Yeah. So a woman doesn't say, you know what? Sex is awesome for me. I have an amazing sex life. It is Mm -hmm. satisfying. I love sex. Mm -hmm. My husband knows exactly how to push my buttons. And so I'm just going to stop having it because I want to be mean to him. Yeah. Like, and that may sound silly, but that's not really what happens. But that's what we get told a lot by commenters. Which is, my wife just stopped having sex out of the blue because she wants to manipulate me and she wants power over me. And our survey found that it may feel like she stops having sex out of the blue. But she may have never had good sex. Frankly, in your marriage, she may have been always disappointed with sex. Yeah. The biggest predictor for not having sex was not having an orgasm. And the biggest predictor for having an active, satisfying sex life was having an orgasm. Yeah, one of the (laughs) biggest predictors. Yeah. And so when we talk about libido... And when we talk about frequency of sex without also talking about women's pleasure, we're we're missing probably one of the most important parts of that conversation. Yeah, because when a woman has really low libido, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of different reasons for it. But one of the big things you can do to kind of prevent there being a low libido issue yeah. is give her a reason to want sex from day one. Yeah, I mean, just think about this. Okay, here's how the argument goes. And, and this is what the pushback I was getting on Twitter is, no, you don't understand. It's not about that at all. It's the fact that women are selfish and use sex to manipulate. Okay, if we think 
that women primarily use sex to manipulate and that women are selfish, then our assumption is she doesn't like sex. Because yeah. if she liked sex, why would she want to not have it? I mean, I, I don't think people get this. Our whole way of talking about this is so wrong because our way of talking about this assumes she's going to ha hate sex and she needs to get on board and stop using it to manipulate and she just needs to have it anyway, regardless of what she's feeling. Yeah, because if you really like sex, right? Why would you choose to deprive yourself of it? Yeah. Right? That's the thing is all these people are saying, well, that she's choosing to use it because it's a, it's a power move. It's, she's manipulative. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, but, but, but wait. Mm -hmm. If the sex makes her go nuts, yeah, why on earth would she not want it? Why on yeah. earth would she sacrifice that so that she gets something else in return? Yeah, now we understand there are women who do this. Totally. There are, but they're not the majority. They're the small minority, okay? So, so if that's true in your marriage, and, believe me, we feel for you. And also, I do think that a lot of the women in our survey who we found have stopped having sex because of a lot of other issues, like mm -hmm. habitual porn use by their husbands, mm -hmm. you know, sexual pain for years, a lack of orgasm, no emotional connection. They may very well now be choosing to use sex to control their husbands. Yes. That may honestly be true. Mm -hmm. But them using sex to control their husbands is not necessarily the real root of the reason why they stopped having sex. Yeah. But if instead, what we're saying is, if sex has never been something that was good for her, and that mm -hmm. she had a reason to want, then you may have kind of created a situation in your marriage where the only reason for her to have sex is because mm -hmm. she has power when she does so. Yeah. So if you want to have a sex-rich marriage, like mm -hmm. a sex-filled marriage, a sexy marriage, you know, mm -hmm. the, the kind of marriage that you dreamed of when you were incredibly mm -hmm. young and virile and, <laughs> yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of marriage... You gotta give her something to want. Because I think a lot of women, and, and we heard this in our interviews over and over again, a lot of women get married expecting sex to be great, and then it's not, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. And their spouses, their husbands don't take time to say, okay, why wasn't that good for you? Instead, they just say, well, I need this. Let's just do it anyway. And so for years, these women have incredibly unsatisfying sex, potentially painful sex, sex where they just feel used and they feel shameful about what's happening. And after a while, they just decide, well, frankly, I'm sick of this and I don't mm -hmm. want it anymore. And what would have happened if those husbands at the very beginning, instead of seeing this as something that wives don't want, but he needs, had said, wait a second, you're capable of multiple orgasms. So if you're not multiple <laughs> orgasming, I'm obviously doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, we also understand that many guys would love to yes. bring their wives to orgasm. That's a big one. And their wife is saying, no, just hurry up and get it over with because yep. she's not comfortable with her own body. She's not comfortable with pleasure. Yep. She's not comfortable being the center of attention. She's heard her whole life sex is for him, not you. She has major hangups that she's not really trying to get past. Yes. And so we totally understand that as well. And, and again, that's really what we're addressing in The Great Sex Rescue well, is to help people reframe how they see sex. Yeah. And that was another thing that we heard from a lot of these women in the interviews is we had a lot of women who said, Said, listen, my husband understood this from day one, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until their husband sat them down like 12, 15 years into marriage and said, listen, I'm no longer willing to have sex that's not good for you. Mm -hmm. So we need to sort this out mm -hmm. that it got better. And again, what would have happened if it was normal in marriages where if a woman is not enjoying sex, their husband sit them down week one mm -hmm. of marriage instead mm -hmm. of year 15, yeah. right? And it's fantastic that there is so much goodness that you can discover, even if it's been decades into your marriage. Yeah. You can figure this out, even yeah. if it's been decades. You totally can. Our, our research has shown that. Yeah. But let's make it normalized <laughs> that women 
should be begging their husbands for sex. Yeah. Because it should be that good. Yeah. Because what, what, what we found was that the best years for sex and marriage in the Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex and those surveys, the best years for sex and marriage are years 16 to 24. And I'm glad those years are great. That's when women are the most orgasmic, et cetera, et cetera. But there's no reason we can't bring that forward. Exactly. And that's kind of what we're trying to do is bring that forward. Because I think if couples start out better, then yeah, maybe those are still the best years. But let's see women orgasming at much higher rates earlier in marriage. And we're going to see far fewer libido issues. Yes. So when we're talking about libido and we're talking about frequency and we're not talking about orgasm rates, we're missing a huge part, an important part of the conversation. Because what do you actually want? Do you want more duty sex? Mm-hmm. Or do you actually want good sex? Because yeah. good sex is not sex where one person gets off and the other person feels disappointed. Mm-hmm. That's not good sex. Mm-hmm. We are not going to say, well, she just needs to put out more. Because what if the reason she doesn't want to have sex anymore is because it's never felt good for her? Wouldn't it be better for you as a couple to figure out, okay, we're going to figure out the orgasm piece for her mm-hmm. so that she has a reason to want sex so that you don't have to feel like you're begging for it anymore. Yeah, and you don't have to feel like you're using her. And, exactly. And in, in yesterday's post, I asked guys some really difficult questions and uncomfortable questions, like, is this a situation that you may have caused or at least contributed to? And I really encourage you to read that post. It's a hard post to read. I yeah. get it. When we're the higher libido spouse and mm-hmm. we feel like our spouse is never having sex, have you contributed to that? And and next week, I'm also going to have a post for wives where we ask similar questions. Yeah. Like, is this something that you may have contributed to? Because sometimes you got to examine yourself, say, okay, I really messed up, but then we can still start again. We can get on that good plane. So what I want to do right now is I have three libido questions, which I think will help us illustrate a lot of the nuance in this conversation yeah. <laughs> and show the difference between higher libido versus high libido, lower versus low and, and orgasm and all of that. We're looking first at, at two guys with the lower libido. So here's the first woman says, I've been married for about a decade. We're in our 30s, we have several kids, we have a great marriage, but sex has always been an issue. One thing I would love to know more about is how to make him last longer. As the one with the higher drive, that one time a week is so precious. So then when he climaxes early, it's hard not to show him how disappointed I get. And to do a quickie earlier in the day does not work. If he does reach climax, then we have to wait a day or two, but it usually takes a week before the next time. Mm. It has been difficult to get him to understand that there are things he can do about this. So if you have some input, I'd be very grateful. And I'm actually going to tackle this question again, I think, in the Start Your Engines podcast for men. But I wanted to do this one first because what this illustrates is something which I say quite a bit, which is that we need a new definition of sex. Mm -hmm. Because so often, if, if, if I were to say to you, did you have sex last night? You would think I was asking, did the husband put his penis into her vagina, move around until he climaxed? Because that's what we think sex is. Yeah. And when we're talking about frequency, that's what we're talking about. How many times did he put his penis into her vagina, et cetera, et cetera. And the problem is that that totally erases her experience because then her experience is secondary. Whether or not she has an orgasm, that's not really the point. The point is, did they do this particular deed? Yeah. And and as long as he climaxes, that's when sex is over. It's not when both of them are satisfied. Yeah. And so here she is and she's saying, look, I have the higher drive and she, all she gets is once a week, but even that once a week doesn't necessarily help her orgasm. And that's not okay. So when, when we were talking about how once a week is healthy, (laughs) like on Monday, I wasn't talking about this situation. And that's really important to understand is it's not about how many times you technically have sex. It's about what happens during that encounter. Yeah. Once a week where it's a great encounter, both of you are left fully satisfied, just snuggling 
smiling and happy and all lovey-dovey mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Great. Once a week where it lasts two minutes and she doesn't get there and it's a disappointment is mm-hmm. not healthy. Yeah. And if he is not able to last very long, if his refractory period is so long is that he weak. has to go... Yeah. She's saying a week. I think we have to wait a day or two, but it usually takes a week before next time. Yeah. I think that might mean that he usually wants to wait a week. But if the refractory period is a day or two? Yeah, the refractory period, and by that what we mean is is after a man reaches climax, he usually is unable <laughs> to get an erection again. Get an erection and reach climax again for a time. That's refract. Women do not have that. That's why women can have multiple orgasms. <laughs> we can orgasm and then keep going, but men have that refractory period. Usually the refractory period is, is a matter is of a, hours. It's a matter of hours. It's not a matter of a day or two. And, and that doesn't mean that sex feels great after, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of men who can have sex and then a couple hours later have sex and it feels totally fine. A lot of other men, like when they have sex, they really do need a little bit of time because they're just overly sensitive for a while afterwards. But it's not that they're not able to do it. It's not that they have premature ejaculation and then they can't get it back up for mm-hmm. a while. That's not what's normal. And so that's the concern here is that it's very, very quick. And then mm-hmm. he can't do anything else for a matter mm-hmm. of days. And if that's the case, like, you just got to see a doctor. Yeah. And, and the problem that we, that we find is that when the issue is male sexual dysfunction, men are very unwilling to see doctors. They really are. Because at least they're still getting an orgasm. Yeah. And right? this is very unfair to your spouse. And again, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to the definition of sex. He's like, well, we're still having sex. But no, it doesn't count if she's not receiving pleasure. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a guy and you're having premature ejaculation, you can still bring her to orgasm in other ways. Yep. But you should still get checked out for a whole variety of reasons. First, for your wife's sake, because she may prefer to orgasm through intercourse if she's able to. Not all women can, but if she is, she may prefer that. But also because a lot of sexual problems are related to other health issues Mm -hmm. and you need to get this looked at. Yeah, especially if you have kids. So please go to the doctor. and, And we hear this so much from women in that husbands who have erectile dysfunction, who have premature ejaculation, whatever it might be, they won't go see the doctor and this leaves their wives really stuck. Yeah. And so if you are experiencing sexual dysfunction, you need to see a doctor and it is wrong not to. And this is also why when we talk about frequency, we need to talk about the number of mutually satisfying Mm -hmm. sexual encounters, not the number of times one person orgasmed. Right. Right? Because it's pretty clear when you look at that, that is not the kind of sex life that leads to a happy, satisfying marriage. Right. Okay, so there's an example of a couple that technically we would say is having sex once a week, but that's not healthy. Yep. All right. Here's here's another story, another take on the whole frequency issue. And this is from another woman who has the higher libido. She writes, I recently got married and I've been dealing with a lot of unexpected anger. As I emotionally and mentally prepared myself for marriage, I was worried that I wouldn't want sex as much since I'm the woman and I'd have to prepare myself to have sex at times when I didn't feel like it and not feel used. That's what I heard from most Christian marriage advice. Both my husband and I assumed that he would want sex more, but we were wrong. I could easily have sex four to five times per week. He is interested in sex maybe one or two times per week. If we didn't have it at all one week, I don't know if he would miss it too much, though. My husband does not watch porn or masturbate. He just tells me and his guy friends that he feels so satisfied. He enjoys having sex when we have it, but he doesn't seem to miss it too much when we don't. 
I don't feel satisfied at all. I feel lonely, isolated, and angry. I don't know if it's my imagination, but I feel like a chasm is growing between us. He's the man, so I feel like he should be initiating and wanting sex more. I know this isn't necessarily true, but I just don't know how to not feel angry and trapped in a constant feeling of dissatisfaction and hunger for sexual connection with my husband. I feel like it would be easier not to be married because then sex wouldn't be an option at all. I do think he feels kind of smothered and seems to retreat more into work in video games, and I I don't know if it's that he's worried that he isn't good in bed because I rarely orgasm, or maybe he's just introverted and needs more alone time than I do. Please help because I don't want to grow bitter and angry towards my husband, but I feel so much despair and loneliness and a level of anger that I've never felt before. Yeah. Okay, so here's a situation where they are having sex one or two times a week, Mm -hmm. and she would prefer it four to five times a week. Yep. And she's reacting with, I am so angry, I wish I weren't married, it would be easier not to be married. Now, you didn't read this very long letter, so we kind of shortened them so that you don't have to listen, like, half the podcast is just reading people's questions. <laughs> yeah. um, but you didn't read one line that I think is really, really important in this. Okay. Uh-huh. Which is that she says, I rarely orgasm unless I'm the one touching myself during sex. Because here's what I think this sounds like. Okay. This sounds a lot like the first letter writer. Uh-huh. If she wants sex four to five times a week, but she's not orgasming... Uh-huh. I just wonder if her kind of like higher libido and that, that ferocity mm-hmm. of desire mm-hmm. is because she's constantly almost getting there. Yes. Um, sexual frustration can do that too. Yeah. You're sexual... always left hanging. Well, I mean, look yeah. at, yeah, exactly. Like if a husband is constantly being teased and like, yeah, you're going to get it. Oh, no, you're not. Ah, oh, you're going to get it. You're, no, you're not. He's like, ah, what? I'm going, can I just get it? Yeah. Right? The same way here. It, it, it seems to me like he's getting really satisfying sex once or twice a week and she's Not. Because some people do find that masturbatory orgasms are just as satisfying as other women do not. And Mm -hmm. she might be finding that when she she can get the the physical release side of the orgasm, Mm -hmm. but if it's not a mutual thing where Mm -hmm. he's able to figure out how to work her body and Mm -hmm. he's able to make her feel good, it may honestly be that if they really Mm -hmm. focused on how he can make her feel good in bed and how they can make these very, like, have sex once or twice a week, but make it really good sex once or twice a week, she may be fine, but it it may very well be that they're having seven-minute sex twice a week. And she's like, I just need more. And she's allowed to want more than 14 minutes of sex a week. Yes. I also do want to say, though, that we get this a lot. Women hear over and over and over again that men want sex and you don't. Mm -hmm. And so when she does have the higher libido, it becomes a personal attack. Because it's like, why don't you want me more? Why aren't you trying to jump me at every second? Am I not attractive? Do Mm -hmm. you not love me as much as I love you? Because we've been told that men experience love through sex. Yeah. So if he isn't constantly trying to jump your bones, but you want to jump his, you're like, oh, crap, I love him more than he loves me. What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with him? Why doesn't he love me? But like, hey, shocker, men are able to experience love through more ways than sex. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there also is that aspect. We need to be willing to tell women that if you have the higher libido, it doesn't mean that your husband loves you less than other husbands love their wives. That's right. A husband who is constantly, constantly experiencing sexual desire towards his wife does not necessarily love his wife more than a husband who satisfies sex once a week. Mm-hmm. That's just not always the case. And that's why we need to stop talking about libido in such gendered terms and stop making it as like, men can't control themselves around their wives. Because if mm-hmm. you just walk in a room with your top off, he will just jump you right then and there. Like, mm-hmm. we need to stop saying stuff like that because it's not true for most marriages. Mm-hmm. Even marriages where he is the higher libido, that's not always the case. And a lot of women like this go into marriage thinking he's going to constantly be ravenous and I'm going to have to put up with it. 
And then, oh no, I like sex and he likes sex, but he actually is pretty satiated and I'm not. What does that mean for us, right? Yep. And then you start doubting yourself, you start doubting your relationship. And so here's another great example in this letter on how they think frequency is the issue. Yeah. And frequency is not the issue. Orgasm, again, is the issue. Yeah. and or At least likely. Orgasm yeah. is more or less the issue because a lot of this stuff, even if she has the higher sex drive, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as big an issue if they figured out that orgasm piece. I would probably answer very differently if she didn't rarely orgasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know? If she was having an orgasm, then... If, if sex was really fantastic and satisfying for her every single time she had it, but she just wanted it more, at that point, the couple's got to talk about how they can both sacrifice and serve the other yeah. and then be yeah. contented with that. If it was great sex for both of them every single time, then I would probably say to that dude, listen, dude, like, yeah. you married a high drive wife. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Have sex twice a week, yeah. you know? Yeah. And to her, it's like, hey... You're having great sex. We can learn to figure out how to be content and, you know, and we can ask ourselves, are things like video games or workaholism, are they taking away from his sex drive? And can Mm -hmm. you as a couple figure that kind of stuff out? But if the problem is that when they have sex, it isn't satisfying for her, that needs to be fixed first. Yes. Okay. Now, totally different kind of question. She says, I am newly married and I have an above average sex drive for a woman, but my husband has a very high sex drive. I'm doing my best to be submissive and keep him satisfied because I want to and I don't want him to be tempted, but also because he gets very angry sometimes. There's no physical abuse involved, but the distance and guilt trips still make me feel abused in a different way. We had sex yesterday morning and it was out of duty for me so I could help him have a good day. Last night, I told him I just wanted to cuddle, that I really needed to connect with him that way, and he still tried when we went to bed. Then again this morning, and I simply said I wasn't ready, and the distance immediately grew. Then he asked me if I even desire him at all anymore. I do, I really do, but he wants it all the time. Some days we've done it five times, no joke, and I orgasm once, maybe twice. And I'm okay with that, but I don't have as high of a drive as he does, but we've never once gone even three days without him being satisfied. It's so challenging. I feel sick to my stomach when I say no, because I know what's to follow. And then there's a guilt trip and he makes it all about him. I have compromised over and over. I even let him masturbate with me lying beside him recently so that he wouldn't be tempted. And that still isn't enough for him. It's really beginning to feel more like duty than desire at this point, And he doesn't understand my standpoint. He doesn't understand that I need time to let it build up to the point where I'm actually feeling hot and heavy because of the frequency and pressure that comes along with it from him. I'm trusting God in this area and would love to hear some feedback to address the issue. Am I wrong to hold back often, often being more than once a day sometimes because his drive is so high, but never allowing it to go even three days between. I'm so frustrated and feeling almost defeated. Yeah. All right. Uh, Here's where there's a great example of why being married doesn't mean that the sex is actually healthy. Yep. 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 And here's an example of how more sex does not equal healthier sex. No. And again, again, orgasm is an issue here. This letter is a perfect example of a marriage which will likely be sexless in 10 to 15 years. Yep. When we looked at sexless marriages in our survey and we looked at the characteristics of them, you could see which marriages were more than likely to eventually have sex fade away. Here's a woman who feels totally disconnected from her husband during sex. She feels totally used. She rarely orgasms. She feels abused emotionally. And he treats her terribly if Mm -hmm. she doesn't have sex with him even multiple times a day. Yeah. 
And that is not healthy. And what I see from her letters several times is that her motivation for having sex with him is twofold. One is to stop him from being tempted. Mm -hmm. And one is to stop him from being grumpy and treating her badly. Yes. That is not healthy. And yet so many Christian books have told women that your primary reason for having sex is so that he won't be tempted. Mm -hmm. You know, Every Man's Battle said that multiple times. Page, and and I was involved in a Twitter thing today, so I actually didn't even know the page numbers. Page 118 and page 120. I don't know which quote is from which, but on one page it says, your wife can be like methadone for you when your temperature is rising. Mm -hmm. So when you're going through big periods of lust, your wife can be like methadone for you. And then directed towards women, it says, when he quits lust, cold turkey be like a merciful vial of methadone for him exactly so wives are portrayed as methadone for their husband's lust which is not biblical and which is awful yes just because you gave a woman a wedding ring doesn't mean that you can use her like a fleshlight that too much (laughs) or a sex doll whatever it might be exactly yes Yes. like that's the thing this is just horrifying so this is a woman who has a high libido she actually wants sex every Mm -hmm. three days or so and she orgasms if she has enough time between sexual encounters to have that desire built Mm -hmm. so even though she has an absolutely terrible husband who is Mm -hmm. abusive and terrible with sex in terms of how he understands it and is constantly struggling to be tempted against pornography and using her as his way of battling it instead of actually dealing with his issues in a healthy way she's still orgasming somehow yes so way to go so here's someone who is very sexually responsive and does have a big natural libido and so he however is taking that and is going to systematically tear away at it by saying he's gonna absolutely destroy he's gonna say yeah i don't actually care about your experience at all all i Mm -hmm. care about is masturbating into you as many times as i possibly can i am sorry no one needs to have sex five times a day yeah and when you when you are having sex five times a day so as not to be tempted you are treating her as a masturbatory aid yes you are not making love you are treating her as a masturbatory aid because that's all you're doing you're masturbating but you're using her to masturbate exactly and i think these kinds of situations if you are in a marriage whether you're a man or a woman and your spouse is using you purely for sexual release Mm -hmm. if sex is about purely sexual release which again is what love and respect said sex was so it's hardly surprising that christians think yes if if sex is purely about getting your jollies you know getting the rocks off you know Mm -hmm. getting your ejaculation quota for Mm -hmm. the week you know Mm -hmm. if that is all sex is about your spouse needs to seek therapy That is not healthy, it is not normal, and you do not need to be in a marriage where sex is like that. And if she refused to have sex with this man, that would not be wrong. Because he is being absolutely just disgusting. And honestly, when you treat a child of God like that, That is absolutely abhorrent. And that is not a marriage. That is having a harem mm-hmm. just with only one woman. Yeah. And and this is something that we brought up in The Great Sex Rescue. There's a huge difference between biblical sex and intercourse. Yeah. What this man wants is intercourse where he treats her as a masturbatory aid. And if she were to say to him, I want to make love to you. I want to have a passionate sex life with you. I want a godly sex life with you. And a godly sex life is intimate, mutual, and pleasurable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it is. Intimate, mutual, and pleasurable. 
If she would say, I would be happy to do that, but I will no longer be treated like a masturbatory age, she would not be denying him sex. No. No. She, she would just be putting down a healthy boundary. I want to read to you something that the Apostle Paul wrote. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse 3 down to verse uh, roughly 7. I'll see how long I keep going. Here we go. He says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control your own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one would wrong or exploit a brother or sister in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all of these things, just as we have already told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. Mm -hmm. You are supposed to control your own body. Yeah, you don't have to have self-control until you get married. No, we are supposed to control your own body. And, and you are the one who has to control your own body, okay? Your wife or your husband is not your methadone. <laughs> Every man's battle has it so wrong. The, the evangelical church has had this so wrong for so long because they have told men, you need your wife to help you not lust. That is not what the Bible says. What the Bible says is that you are responsible to control yourself, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you knows how to control your own body in holiness and honor. And so we are responsible for doing this. And listen to the reason why. So that we do not exploit a sister or a brother. Yep. Do not exploit your spouse. And that means, yeah, exactly. You're not yeah, supposed this to exploit is your not, spouse. Yeah, this, this Thessalonians passage is not just written to the singles in the church. This is no. written to the church as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so that includes the marrieds. The marrieds are also not supposed to give in to lustful passions. Yeah. Right? So here's the thing. And, and my husband and I were talking about this, and we were, we were discussing our book coming up, The Great Sex Rescue, and some of the Christian teachings that we, that we uh, talk about in it. <laughs> and he was just saying that when he looks at a lot of evangelical teachings, it's just horrifying so what men are in essence told mm -hmm. is you're only allowed to lust after your wife. Yeah. And Connor was just saying how messed up that is. Because <laughs> if you love someone, you don't lust after them. Mm -hmm. And sex in a lot of these books and a lot of Christian teaching is only presented as hot and satisfying if it's wrong. Yeah. And lust um, by lust, we don't mean sexual desire. No. By lust, we mean the desire to use someone for your own gratification. That's yeah. what lust Without is. Without concern for them. Because yeah. obviously, if you're having sex, you want it to feel good for you. You should want it to feel good for you. Like, you should be like, hey, want to do that thing I like? Like, that's <laughs> fine. Of course, you should want it to feel good for you. The problem is when you go into sex only for the purpose of using someone else for your own pleasure, and you're using them like an object, and you're not considering them, and you aren't in a relationship relationship that is mutual and mm -hmm. you aren't in a marriage where both spouses are getting something out of it and instead you're in essence just exerting all this power over someone so that you can use them for your own gain like this man is mm -hmm. and it's just so wrong that in our christian teachings couples are told marriage allows for sexual sin to be okay as long as it's only with one person. Yeah. And that's in essence what we're being told here, right? It is wrong to use someone like a sex doll, yeah. even if you're married to them. It's very, very wrong. <laughs> it's very, very, very wrong. And whenever I hear questions like this, and this is just something where I think we all need to ask ourselves, mm -hmm. is if you're in this woman's situation mm -hmm. and you have a husband who is begging you for sex five times a day and you feel guilty about saying no, would you want your daughter married to that kind of man? Yeah. Would you want your son to become that kind of man? It's just horrendous. This mm -hmm. is horrendous. And if you are the man in this situation, would you ever want your spouse to feel like this? 
Would you actually be proud of how you're acting towards your spouse? Because if you are, then frankly, I actually don't even know if there's any hope for that marriage. Yeah. Like, if you're proud of the fact that you need sex five times a day and your wife is not satisfied and not orgasming, Mm -hmm. then you have serious issues. And and if you can't be a decent human being to her, unless she has sex multiple times a day with you, and you're telling her that unless you watch me masturbate or something, I will be tempted by other women. Yeah, then you have serious issues and you need Mm -hmm. to deal with those. Because I think that most men, if they were in this situation, I think that most men, if they actually take an honest look at what they're doing, would feel a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. about how they are and they just feel so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of men act this way because they just feel that I just don't have another option you do have another option you know what it's called therapy yes (laughs) and this is the thing that we really want a lot of guys to understand is that is that two things have happened one is that in the church you've been taught some very wrong things yes which is that, you know, your wife can be your methadone that when you're married she'll be the one to fulfill all your sexual Mm -hmm issues and that that is her duty and so you've been taught that but at the same time you've been taught that you're not supposed to show certain emotions Mm -hmm. not necessarily in the church in the church yes but in the wider society as well um a lot of men are victims of trauma growing up you didn't maybe had attachment issues and so what a lot of us do is we take our emotional needs emotional needs for intimacy and for all these things and because that's not safe to express we transfer them to sex and they become our sexual needs so because we can't express our needs for closeness in a safe way we instead turn it all into sexual needs Mm -hmm. and so if you're needing sex five times nobody needs sex five times a day Okay, what's really going on is that he has a lot, at least I think what's going on is that he has a lot of shame. And whenever he feels an emotion that he isn't allowed to express shame, rejection, fear, insecurity, etc. He takes that emotion and he masks it with sexual desire, because if he can just have sex, if he can just have an orgasm, it will numb all of those other things. And so yeah. he, he's taking all of these negative emotions and they're, they're turning in, in into sex. Okay, and that is not healthy. And yet the church has not explained this to us. (laughs) Yeah, and I also think that a lot of men who are like this in Mm -hmm. this this reader question enjoy sex very frequently because they enjoy the power, the Mm -hmm. feeling that power gives them. Yeah. And that is not okay. That is incredibly wrong and is very abusive. Yeah. So if sex is ever a power move in your marriage, Mm -hmm. you need to see therapists, Mm -hmm. you need to see a marriage counselor, and you need to make sure that you are safe or if you're the one who's using sex to get power as in forcing sex, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're the one who's forcing sex on your spouse, Mm -hmm. you need to like apologize and repent. You need to get your priorities straight, whether you're a man or a woman, both genders can do this. Mm -hmm. You need to get your priorities straight. You need to see a counselor. You need to make sure you deal with whatever the root cause is because sex should never be a weapon in your marriage. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this whole podcast, the whole thing is sex should be mutually pleasurable for both people. Yes. There should be a reason both people want sex. (laughs) And if that is the case, then we need to talk about how you should not be using sex to manipulate other people, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, using the lack of sex to manipulate, which again, though, most people, if they're using a lack of sex, is because the other two have not been fulfilled. Yes. But if you're using amount of sex and forcing sex on your spouse in order to get what you want, that's also very, 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 very wrong. Mm -hmm. But in general, talking about frequency isn't helpful unless we're 
honestly talking about frequency of mutually satisfying, not just mm -hmm. pleasurable, but mutually satisfying sexual encounters. Which means they're intimate as well. Exactly. It's, it's not just saying, I want your body. It's saying, I want you. It's not saying, I want to have sex. It's yeah. saying, I want you. And that's honestly what a lot of higher drive men comment all the time. They say, listen, mm -hmm. we have sex twice or three times a week, but I'm never satisfied because it just feels like I'm being placated. Mm -hmm. But what we're just saying is the focus when it comes to getting more satisfying sex mm -hmm. is not always trying to force your spouse to do what you want as much as discovering together what a mutually satisfying sexual encounter looks like. And that's going to be different for different couples, mm -hmm. you know, um, because of how the church talks about sex. Mm -hmm. It usually means the husband having to step back and say, how can I make sex good for you? Because when sex is good for her, it becomes better for him too. Because mm -hmm. um, what man doesn't want a sexually excited wife yeah and if women are the ones who feel unsatisfied it often also means figuring out how to make it feel good for her so that she can actually be satisfied instead yeah. of always almost getting there and then not quite you know like we talk about blue balling everyone knows about blue balling but women get it too you know i think people call it pink bean i think someone, <laughs> someone put it in there so, in the comments i think someone put, said that but a lot of what happens to women is if they have this kind of insatiable sexual appetite it's because they're always constantly getting there and then not quite. And then not quite, yeah. you know? And yeah. it just becomes incredibly difficult. So I hope that has been a more nuanced discussion about libido and frequency. <laughs> and I hope that you'll see that it isn't as straightforward. And my hope and prayer is that people will stop trying to make rules about how often people should have sex and we'll yeah. start talking about what healthy sex looks like. Mm -hmm. And we're going to head back uh, this afternoon. We're going to be doing the galley edits for our book, The Great Sex Rescue. We're looking again at the lust and porn chapters with all that every man's battle stuff, which is why it's right in our heads right now. Yep. So pray for us because this is just really ugly stuff, people. <laughs> but we can do better, church. We really can yeah. do better. And in, in um, the podcast description for this podcast, I'll put lots of links to our posts on how to see every man's battle differently, how to have a different definition of sex, how to see sex as something which is mutual, and all of those posts that can help. And hopefully we can further this conversation along. So thank you for listening. Remember, if you like this podcast, please rate it five star and leave a review. It makes us so happy. It takes so little time. It takes so little time. So please do that. We'll be talking more about libido all month. We had those really great posts this week, some of which are going to be challenging for you. Yeah. Hard questions to ask yourself, whether you're the low libido spouse or the high libido spouse. There's more of that coming, but let's get a healthy view of, of mutual, intimate, pleasurable sex and not just about frequency. 